1: Your daily podcast on the Miami Dolphins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every
2: day. I'm in town to play the Dolphins,
1: you dumbass. What's up, Dolphins, and welcome into the Tuesday, August the 28th edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Wingfield and i'm here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football and on today's show we are joined once again by Ian Wharton to break down the Dolphins defense what have we learned from the preseason how do the rookies look and who is the true star of this side of the football we'll do all of that and much more but first i kindly invite each and every one of you to please subscribe to the podcast on apple podcast or wherever you get your podcast from give me a follow on twitter vote the number one follow on dolphins twitter by dolphins twitter at Wingfield NFL, follow the show at Locked and of course, lockedondolphins.com, the number one blog in the Locked On network. And last but not least, the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts, like the Locked On Heat podcast and Locked On NFL podcast, for all the local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Once again, no mad dog, no notes and news today. Let's go ahead and bring on our guest and get right into the podcast.
0: That's another Miami Dolphins.
1: And once again, I am joined by a longtime friend of the show. You can find his work on Bleacher Report, Optum Scouting, and Fan Sighted. He is, of course, my friend, Ian Wharton. Ian, what's going on, man?
3: Man, things are good. Things are good. Happy to be back with you here. And... Uh excited man we're wanting to get closer to the start of the season
1: yeah the Dolphins are 0-3 in the preseason but as you guys all know that means very little and we're going to break down this team in the preseason on the defensive side of the ball with Ian here and before we talk about specifics on this defense I want you to give me a couple of or one positive and one negative as we are just 12 days away from the Dolphins kicking it off for real what is your concern and your confidence in this team your biggest positive your biggest negative right now
3: So I'd say right now that my biggest confidence um, is probably in the pass rush. I think that what we've seen in the pass rush has been very encouraging. Uh, Not only is Robert Quinn looking like he's more of an explosive player than than maybe what we saw with the Rams recently, and that was always kind of the gamble that Miami was going to take with him is, you know, which version of Robert Quinn are we getting and, and why did they not necessarily get the best out of him the last couple of years? He's looked really good so far. He's been very productive. He's creating sacks for others. Uh, Cameron Wake, we know that we can count on him uh, to, to be a situational pass rusher. Uh, Charles Harris, especially Saturday night, Saturday night got himself in a position a couple of times. Didn't finish, so we want to see him finish. Uh, but he's definitely looking like a useful player. And even Andre Branch got into the fun uh, as a defensive end, creating a couple opportunities uh, for plays in the backfield. And, and then obviously we know a defensive tackle. Kind of know what we're getting from that group. I think that their strengths are, are very good against the pass. I think that when they are correctly jumping gaps and they're correctly making their their reads, it's a good unit it, it, as far as against the pass. They're effective, they're getting in the backfield, they're disruptive. So I like the upside of that group. I like the flashes that we're seeing from those young players. Um, but overall, the pass rush definitely feels like they're finally kind of delivering on the cost that Miami has sunken into them. Because um, it's been a few years, and it's almost like well, they they tend to disappear. But this year, at least so far, it's been encouraging that that's not going to happen.
1: No, it definitely looks like that's the case. And losing Indomicon Sue and going to Robert Quinn looks like a net gain. What about your biggest concern on this defense, Ian?
3: I think that concern is going to go to the run defense. Uh, you know, I, I'm I'm really concerned with what we're going to see from the middle of the defense. So as much as I like the pass rush of the defensive tackles, they're selling out to do it and they, they are getting washed out of run play so easily. Um, it's not just the backups. I know folks are uh, you know a little bit you know quick to pull the trigger and say, oh, you know, you can't can't count what's happening in the second half of these games. But it's happening in the third-team defense. It's happening to these guys. Uh, they're just getting pushed out of the way. They're being manipulated, especially on, like, counter runs, uh, outside zone. Those are going to be really tough to, uh, challenges for this young group of defensive tackles. They may end up having to keep guys like Kendall Langford. Uh, they may have to start Akeem Spence because they need just veterans who are adept at just kind of holding their gap sometimes. And and we've seen what happens when they do get gaps taken care of. Devon Gottschout last uh, on Saturday had a really nice play where he, he got the double team assigned to him. Uh, He ate those two blocks, and then, boom, we saw Raquan McMillan coming up and making the tackle right at the line of scrimmage. So that's the key to success for the linebackers. It it all starts at defensive tackle. If those guys get washed out, it's extremely difficult for a linebacker to make the play. It's not impossible; Special ones make it happen. But that would be my secondary concern (laughs) is that it's probably too much to ask of this linebacker group to create a special talent right now. Um, Raquan McMillan's still a little bit up and down. Not to be unexpected. I mean, I think he's probably on track with, with where he should be, considering, you know, coming off of the injury and, and a guy who's played basically like six quarters of football um since he tore his ACL. So that's gonna happen a little bit. Jerome Baker has been a little bit up and down, but I think he's been more trending toward good than not good. Um very good at chasing players down. So for them it's gonna be a developmental process, taking on blocks, getting around blocks. That's part of the game. It's part of the speed of the game that they're going to have to adjust to. Um, but they're going to take some bumps in the meantime. There's going to be a learning curve. There's going to be some good moments. But you're going to have to suffer through, through some bad. So, But I think there's going to have to be some patience. Hopefully, sooner than later, they kind of hit that. And if they do, then, then maybe the upside of this defense is raised a little bit.
1: Well, speaking of that upside, one of the guys that really kind of the defense hinges on him, at least from what I've seen so far, is just the overall versatility and just studliness of Minka Fitzpatrick. This guy, Ian, to me looks like an absolute gem. Am I right in thinking that way?
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I thought he was one of the safest players in this draft, this past draft class. I was absolutely stunned when he fell out of the first seven, eight picks. I mean, I just, I, I think when Nick Saban allows you to do that much in his defense, such a linchpin to, to success on a loaded defense, I mean, That was a heck of a compliment that Saban gave him by giving him the roles that he did. He can do everything well within a unit. Um, I I like how they're using him. I like how he's been in the slot corner. I like how he's been sometimes in the box. I like how sometimes he's up high as more of a traditional safety. Um, That type of versatility is something that this unit's needed for a long time, and it's freed up the play of TJ McDonald. He's playing a lot better, a lot more naturally than what we saw last year. I was really concerned after last year as far as what the plan was going to be for him uh, because they were asking him to kind of do a little bit more than what he has succeeded in in the past. But all of a sudden now they're using Minka in there uh, to kind of free them up and, and that's great news for not only McDonald, but also hopefully Rashad Jones.
1: Yeah, he was the one that I really thought Minka would have a big impact on, but if it works with McDonald as well, double thumbs up on that because on that game on Saturday, I saw Minka do three different things that I thought were super impressive and they were all very different. One, he sniffed out a screenplay and came in there and knifed in there and made a play. He came off the edge, off the weak side part of the formation and stopped to play in the backfield with Raquan McMillan, and he also went man up over the slot on Rashad Perriman and took him to the corner and pretty much ran the route for him, so he looks fantastic in that sense. And the defense could almost kind of go as he goes, and that could be more than just this season and beyond. So, I'm looking very forward to what he can do in this defense. I teased some predictions on this podcast as well as yesterday's podcast, and we're going to get into that later in the episode. But now is a good time to tell you about how your correct predictions could put a little bit of extra money in your pocket. And then talking about our new sponsor, MyBookie. You know, ever since I started this podcast, Ian, I get a lot of questions for advice, asking about certain things in the game, what the outcome's gonna be. And it's not always about who you bet on, but the number one thing is where you bet through. And that's why I always tell people to go to MyBookie. Trust me, guys, they are your best bet you'll make this entire season. They've been in business for years, they have great reviews online, and their mobile site is very easy to use. Lay down some cash and win big today. I would only recommend a service to my listeners that has been good to me. That's why I'm going with my bookie and asking you to go to my bookie yourself. You win, they pay. They have in-game live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business, and for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a particular player will score each game join now and my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar use promo code locked on to activate the offer that's promo code locked on visit MyBookie online today that's m-y-b-o-o-k-i-e and don't forget to use promo code locked on when creating your account to claim that bonus you play you win you get paid at my bookie
2: if you're looking for the most comprehensive nfl draft coverage this offseason Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: TurboTax experts make your moves count. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast. And this Locked On podcast is brought to you by TurboTax. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts will make sure that they count for you. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? Well, that's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That is a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? That quite literally would be a move. Or maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house. Or you switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming. Or maybe you just rode the stock market to the moon and back. Any of those things that you did or any other moves that you made, TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and every deduction you deserve, filing with 100% accuracy and getting you your max refund guaranteed so switch to TurboTax today make your moves they'll make them count see guaranteed details at turbotax.com/guarantees experts only available with TurboTax Live
1: Segment number two of the Tuesday, August the 28th, Locked on Dolphins podcast. I am joined by Ian Wharton. He is at NFL Film Study on Twitter. And Ian, you talked a lot about Robert Quinn and Cam Wake in that first portion of the podcast, but it goes back into what this plan was for the team. They want to be able to score enough points, get out to leads early in games, and unleash hell from a pass rushing standpoint. Do you see that plan working out with the likes of Quinn and Wake off the edge? I mean, each of these guys have been complete nightmares for the opposing offenses so far.
3: If they can get into that situation where they can get a couple scores on the board quickly and, and play from ahead, I, I think that definitely has the upside. Um, the depth that they have along the defensive line, it definitely has shown. Um, it's as deep as probably we've seen in, in a long time uh, on this team. And, and you know William Hayes getting back into things. Um, as he starts to get healthy, that again, is only going to help them, especially as an interior rusher, he can slide down, be a defensive tackle. So I think the idea of it is great. Um, my question is how many times are they actually going to be able to get that situation? We talked about yesterday, how the dolphins struggle to kind of score, um, you know, with that early in games. And if that's not rectified, then all of a sudden you're kind of stuck in a situation where you've got a team built to play from ahead, but the team can never play from ahead.
1: Yeah, and you know, I talked a little bit about on yesterday's podcast how the offense has really kind of held things back in terms of red zone, third down and going basically 11 and 12 personnel, not a lot of substitution. And that's been the same case for the defense. As you see, very minimal in-possession substitution. It's basically the same 11 guys for the entire possession on preseason. I see base and nickel defense, nothing really out of the ordinary. Even when the offense goes to 10 or 0-1 personnel, you've got Kiko out there wide covering a running back deep on the perimeter of the field, giving me absolute PTSD. Is this a sign of things to come, or are they actually hiding that dime package and waiting to unveil it for opening day?
3: I think this is probably the the thing that's to come. Uh, at least for at least until we get to like the maybe like the bye week, and then they can start cha- making some changes. Um, I would be surprised. It doesn't really seem like they fully trust the the depth at cornerback. I think that's kind of played out here through throughout the preseason and, and training camp. Um, that's been the constant word. And for some reason, they're more trustworthy of Kiko Alonso in those situations, which seems crazy. Yeah. Um, that might be a benefit, though, of keeping Minka on the field is that, you know, hopefully they'll start to utilize him in those coverage situations like we saw Saturday night, um, like you mentioned, when he's carrying Bershop Perryman upfield. Up um, I want to see that a little bit more. I want to make sure that. We're not going to get too many running back on linebacker opportunities. I think Jerome Baker is going to be the guy who can really handle that one-on-one. But even that, it's a tough ask. It's a lot to ask if he's never situated out there. It's not like that was the norm at Ohio State. In fact, it probably never happened at Ohio State. And it's very rarely should happen in the NFL because most linebackers are never put on that island. So um, I, I think that's probably what you're going to see. They're going to try to stick with, the, with what they feel is the best 11 players at all time. And uh, sometimes that's going to be tougher for certain matchups.
1: And how much of that is a symptom of the fact that basically, I mean, the defensive backs haven't really lived up in terms of the depth to what we had hoped they would be. Obviously, you have Xavier Howard and Bobby McCain both look very good. You have Rashad Jones, Minka, TJ both playing, or all three playing very well. I thought Maurice Smith looked very good in the preseason. I thought Torrey McTire looked good. I was very disappointed by Cordrea Tankersley. And Tony Lippitt, we won't even discuss that. But I just think this entire group, the depth isn't what they thought it would be. Is that part of the reason why they're going more linebackers, or is it more about familiarity with the scheme? Like, what's the reasoning behind that?
3: Yeah, I, I tend to think it has to be what they've seen out of the preseason and, and training camp from that secondary. And, you know, that's the thing with young guys is is sometimes that happens. Sometimes you don't get the growth that you want. Sometimes things happen and you know it, it's, it's disappointing like you said I, I think Marie Smith has been definitely a hit for them uh, I would totally agree with that but you know we talked earlier this this offseason what our predictions were uh, for this cornerback group you know Jalen Davis we really didn't hear anything about him Tony Lippett totally fell off Tory McTire he's played okay I thought but does he look like a difference maker no and and as you mentioned for Tankersley I it just seems like he lost his confidence
1: Yeah, that's not a good look for him out there at all. He falls way behind the eight ball there. And do you like McCain on the outside? Because I think he's played well enough out there to earn the spot. But is that more of an indictment of what's behind him rather than him actually playing well? Or is he going to be a guy that we can rely upon out there on the edge?
3: I I think right now it's a little bit more to do with what's behind him. Um, You know, I think Bobby's a, a capable guy outside. I don't think we've seen anything in the preseason to really show that He's won the job. I, I think he's the best player of the group. Like, I think it makes sense to say he's one of our best 11, so we're going to get him on the field. But I think there's a reason why they probably gave others the chance to win that job. Um, and then just no one grasped it. You know, Kertreya Tankersley played really well in man last year, but if they're not trying to play the same style that they played last year, maybe they want to be a little bit more uh, physical. Maybe they want to play a little bit more uh, zone coverage that could lead to issues for him. He's had issues with communication breakdowns in the past. I think that continued early in the preseason. And if they just can't trust him, well, then you kind of have to default to your next best option. And to me, that is probably McCain. I think McCain's probably the best guy, but he has to gain that experience. And then once he gains that experience, maybe he will be very good. Um, so it's a little bit of an indictment. It's a little bit of a good thing that that McCain, they see him capable of handling the outside um, but I don't think it's ideal. I think ideal they they would want to go um with a situation where it'd be another cornerback out there and then you'd have Minka and Bobby McCain as kind of flexible uh, slot corners. yeah,
1: absolutely. I definitely agree with that. and you know it's it's something we've seen from Bobby McCain in the past where it's it's, you know, up and down play with him, but he's definitely come into his own, earned that contract. You play him on the outside, that contract all of a sudden is a home run contract, comparatively speaking to what other cornerbacks make out there. But we've been teasing you guys with uh, predictions all podcasts, two podcasts in a row now, and we've got one last segment here with Ian. We'll get to the Tennessee Titans in that season opener, as well as twenty eight prediction, 2018 predictions next on the Lockdown Dolphins podcast at Wingfield NFL, at Lockdown Fins, and Ian is at NFL Film Study.
0: You moved into a houseboat instead of a house house, or you switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming, or maybe you just rode the stock market to the moon and back. Any of those things that you did or any other moves that you made, TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and every deduction you deserve, filing with 100% accuracy and getting you your max refund guaranteed. So switch to TurboTax today, make your moves. They'll make them count. See guaranteed details at TurboTax.com guarantees.
1: As we record this podcast for a Tuesday, August the 28th, we are just 12 days away from the Dolphins kicking off the regular season against the Tennessee Titans. And Ian, I had a chance to watch the Titans against the Pittsburgh Steelers. A couple of notes in that game. Harold Landry left with an ankle injury. Derek Morgan and Brian Arakpo both were out with injuries as well. Rashard Matthews is down. Delaney Walker is down. We'll see if those guys get back in healthy. But the biggest takeaway I had was the fact that Marcus Mariota, in this new Matt LaFleur offense, we talked about a familiarity, getting yourself ready for a season with a new scheme or a new system. Dolphins don't have to worry about that. The Titans do, and in that game, I saw Mariota spiking passes. I saw him throwing behind receivers. He had a really bad pick in that game. Give me your thoughts on this Titans team, this Titans offense, Marcus Mariota, and what we could expect to see come week one.
3: Yeah, I, I think that Miami's catching them at, at a really good time. Yeah. And they've had a lot of turnover. You know, they, They've added defensive talent, but half of that defensive talent isn't going to be available for this game. There's going to be some adjustments to the secondary. Um, I think their secondary is probably one of the more improved units. But Kenny Vaccaro's presence, he's another new guy. He's a guy that's got to kind of adjust to his role. Mike Vrabel... You know, he didn't really have the the Houston Texans playing well as a defense last year. I think he's a really good linebackers and front seven coach, and so he's going to get the most out of the guys that he is available. But if they don't have all their horses available for that game, there's only so much that he's going to be able to do with a couple weeks of development and prep time. It's not like he's going to create you know stars out of out of nobodies all of a sudden. It's not going to happen that quickly. And the question is even if he can develop a defensive back end because the Texans' defensive back end fell apart after Romeo Cornell departed from that role and he took over. So was that a Texans issue or was that a, a Vrabel issue? No. Miami could possibly benefit from uh, issues that Vrabel's had in the past, uh, being able to kind of create a gelled secondary. So especially early in the season, boom, opportunity. Offensive, same kind of, same kind of thing, Rashad Matthews being out. That could potentially be huge for Miami if he's not available week one. We know that he's a dangerous player. He's played really well for the Titans. Um, Miami could catch a huge break on that. I would definitely look at at Mariota and say, you know, I personally think he's probably maybe the most overrated quarterback in the NFL. Mm -hmm. Um, I think there's probably uh, more of a a start of a, a pushback. I think people are starting to see, like, Maybe he's not that super accurate. Maybe he's not that great of a decision maker. Uh, maybe he doesn't anticipate very well. And I don't think he's really great at any of those things. It doesn't mean he's bad quarterback. I, I think that there was a real push to make him seem like he was up and coming when the reality is I don't really think he's ever been that great uh, since he left Oregon. I mean, he was a good college quarterback, but I think a lot of his limitations have been shown in the NFL. I don't expect those things to be ironed out by week one. If he does hit his ceiling, I think you're going to be coming to see that last month of the season. Um, that also puts into Matt Lafleur. What is he going to do as a first-time play caller uh, for this team? It's not like he came from uh, St. Louis as as you know, like the superstar offensive designer. We've seen some things in the preseason where, yeah, the Titans have done some nice things. Yeah, they're starting to be a little bit more modern. Uh, but he still put his, himself in the offense in, in situations where they have just two receivers on like a third and long. Mm-hmm. Like that's just not really healthy football. It's I think it's going to be an adjustment period for him. And I think Miami's probably going to be a lot more. Um, prepared for this game at least in terms of their familiarity with each other and and maybe they'll come out and and maybe the titans look like the rams did last year because the rams last year came out and and you know they were phenomenal i think they hung like almost 50 points in 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 week one i don't foresee that for one i don't think Mariota's is as good as golf and two i don't I'm a little bit skeptical that this offense is just gonna be that ready to roll. Um, they're not a bad team. They're they're gonna be a competent team. They didn't aesthetically look good last year either. And they were, you know, right there at the end. They were they were in the you know, right there at the playoffs. So like, is it possible that they can overcome all these things? Sure, but I don't think it bodes well for them. I think it's definitely in Miami's favor for how the the preseason's played out so far.
1: Yeah, that adjustment period, the heat, and the fact that the Dolphins are going to be home underdogs, which is such an underrated aspect of playing football. You can put a team out there, you tell them they're not going to win this game at home, their home opener, that really can kind of fire a team up. So I hope that that has a positive impact as well. Sounds like we both think the Dolphins might be able to steal that one. But Ian, I want to put you on record here with, let's see, I got one, two, I got six predictions for you that are going to get you officially on the record in terms of your predictions for this team, this team in 2018. Are you ready to go ahead and do that? I sure am. All right, first one here is who was your biggest surprise as an individual on the Miami Dolphins in 2018?
3: I think it's going to be, um, I'm going to say Danny Amendola, Amendola, um, just because I I really think that there was a a kind of a narrative around him and kind of a narrative around the Patriots receivers that they're just not good. Like, you see that a lot um, some of their other guys. And I think, I just think he's a good player. I I think he's a really dynamic player who can bring playmaking ability in a different way, in a way that really fits the modern NFL. And the way Miami's kind of been, um, featuring him so far, I think that's going to lead to a a very nice season for him.
1: And the flip side of that, who is going to be the biggest letdown on this team? And they have to have expectations obviously to be a letdown. So who's going to have the expectations and not live up to them?
3: This is, this is really tough. Um, I always hate to, to kind of project this, um, you know, I don't know that there's like the most obvious candidate. I think that the the fan base is is generally down on Kiko Alonso, generally down on guy like Andre Branch. I, I'm going to say that it's my guess is probably going to be William Hayes. I, I think that in conversations, people expect him to be like this huge run difference making player. Like he's going to step in, and as soon as he's on the field, it's going to be like an above average run defense, or at least an average run defense. He's a nice player. I, I'm a fan of his. I, I definitely like what he brings to the table. But I, one player is not going to affect the defense that much. He's not going to come in there and be you know, a dominant presence in the run game. He's going to be a, a nice player, a rotational player. Um, I don't really know that the rest of the team has huge expectations. It seems like, especially nationally,
0: yeah,
3: um, seems like the team, you know, it seems like they're a little bit down on this team more than anything. Probably a little too too down on them um in my opinion so I don't think anyone's gonna like crash or burn though either like I don't look at any of these young players and say like you know they're just gonna be a disaster
1: that's good to hear let's go back to the offensive side of the ball and take your offensive player of the year for the 2018 Dolphins
3: I'll say it's Kenny and Drake I think Drake's (laughs) gonna have a big year he's gonna it's gonna be the year where he kind of bursts onto the national scene I think people are are paying attention they're they're like kind of anxiously looking to see like okay like can he do this now for a full season he has a better run blocking line. and He's definitely got a better passing game, and, the, and those things are going to help him explode.
1: And on the defensive side of the ball, your defensive player of the year?
3: Um, boy, I, I want to go with Cameron Wake again, just because the easy <laughs> he one. A, yeah, it's it's so easy to go with him. Um, I'll go with uh, I'll go with Rashad Jones though. I think Jones in for a big year, especially with Minka being back there, allowing Jones and, and McDonald to kind of do what they do best and maximize their skill set. Jones might have one of those years where you know maybe he gets to like an unheard of sack level. Maybe he gets five sacks for right. like a safety, which is you know unbelievable. Or maybe he's in coverage a little bit more and he can get five or six interceptions, which is. Definitely would be a, a career-defining moment for him and pass coverage. So I think he's going to do something special this year. I don't know exactly what it's going to be yet, um, but I, I think he's really set up better than ever to have a great season.
1: Well, I certainly hope so because the guy has not get, gotten his due on a national landscape by any stretch of the imagination. But we have two more for you here: the two big ones. Who is your team MVP in 2018?
3: Well, uh, if you, I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go positive I and mean, I, I think. I think it's got to be Ryan Tannehill, yeah, right? maybe. I mean, is is there any <laughs> other answer there? I mean, if, if it's not Ryan Tannehill, I don't know if it's a great season. So, Exactly. Um, yeah, I, I think I, I really don't look at this team as, as negatively as, as a lot of the national um, folks do. I don't know why that is. I don't know if it's just because they're not paying close attention. But Tannehill, you know, I think he's a good quarterback. I think he's an above-average quarterback, and, and ultimately – He's going to maximize the most of what's around him um, to a certain extent. Obviously, he's not going to be a transcendent quarterback. We, I think we can be safely say that, um, but he's going to be able to orchestrate this offense and kind of get the most out of uh, what's a pretty nice surrounding cast.
1: Yeah, I totally agree with that 100%. I'm, I'm pumped you said that. And the last one here for you, Ian, the team prediction. How many games will they win? Where will they finish in the AFC East? And will it be enough for the postseason?
3: okay so I'm not I'm not gonna be able to go overboard here you know I'd, I'd love to be able to give 10 <laughs> games or something like that I'm not gonna go that far I think it's an eight win team. Um, I think they're in that same kind of realm that they've been over the last several years um it's tough it's tough when you lose talent it's tough when guys don't necessarily pan out that youth movement is gonna lead to some some tough moments there's probably gonna be a couple of games where it's just like you know, that was not the team that, you know, I saw three weeks ago. That was not the team that, that you know, we thought we had invested in. It's just the reality of using so many young players. There's also going to be weeks where maybe you blow out a great team or you show up and, and you know, you win by 30 points. That's just kind of how it goes. It's, it's inconsistent. It's up and down. So I'm going to say eight wins. I'll say second in the AFC East. I think they'll be right there with the Jets, um, neck and neck for whoever's second place. It kind of depends. But I trust Miami's offense a little bit more than maybe a few weeks ago than what I was um I don't think they'll get to the playoffs but eight and eight gets you into that range and maybe some weird things happen maybe you have better health than other teams mm-hmm. maybe you hit a couple extra field goals or you get an extra touchdown that you didn't expect or a block punt I mean if Terrence Fide was on this team I would say there'd definitely be a block punt sometime <laughs> this season well Vincent um, Taylor's doing that. <laughs> kicks anyways. So. Yeah, so you know, but um but no, I think it'll be a good season. I think there's gonna be reason for optimism. Um the good news is moving forward this team's cap situation is much healthier. It's a much younger team, so this should hopefully set the stage for growth in future years.
1: Well, eight and eight would certainly set up for a very interesting offseason in terms of what they're gonna do at the quarterback position and beyond. But Ian, once again, it's always great to have you on to do these shows. Once again, you guys can find his work at Bleach Report, fan sided, optimum scouting. He is at NFL Film Study on Twitter. Ian, thank you so much again for doing this. Let's talk again soon. Okay.
3: Sounds good, Travis. Thanks for having me as always.
1: The pleasure is all mine, my friend. And as always, Ian was fantastic on this episode. But as for this episode, that's going to do it for us here. You guys, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Check out the other Lockdown Sports family of podcasts for all your local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Give me a follow on Twitter at Wingful NFL. Follow the show at Lockdown Fins and keep up to date on our daily Dolphins blog at LockdownDolphins.com. You guys have a great rest of your day. We'll talk to you again tomorrow for another edition of the Lockdown Dolphins podcast your daily dose for Miami Dolphins football.